resonating in the depth of your heart, this is The Mystic Show, episode 142. everyone. Welcome to The Mystic Show. I'm your host, Chris Curran, and this is the show where we talk about spirituality and meditation and mindfulness. All these topics that are, well, they're the most important topics in our lives. You know, our heart, um, our authenticity, our spiritual growth, our own personal evolution. And that's the whole purpose of the show, is for you and I to have this conversation. Um, you're hearing from me, so I'd, I'm, I'm happy to hear from you. You can actually, on our website, you can comment on any of these episodes. Um, that'd be great. I'd love to know what you think. Um, we release new episodes every Friday morning, and you can hear the show as a podcast in iTunes or Stitcher, or on TuneIn Radio. Our website is themysticshow.net. And you can sign up for behind-the-scenes emails as well. And if you do, you not only get like some little behind-the-scenes tidbits of The Mystic Show, but you also get four tracks of audio, about 49 minutes of relaxing music with selected roomy quotes read over the music and it's a little audio project I made it came out really well so you can get that for free you just sign up for the behind the scenes email list uh, on themysticshow.net and a quick hello and thank you to our sponsor our partner pause your life you know sometimes you just need to hit the pause button and let go of all the non-essential stress and worry and uh, baggage in your life. And that's what Pause Your Life does. We facilitate meetups and retreats. And we just started our meetup in Colorado Springs. We have one in North New Jersey. And we're actually interested in starting meetups in other cities too. So if you'd like a Pause Your Life meetup in your town, send me a note. Um, through the website. You can send me a message on the Contact Us page. So pauseyourlife.org is the website. We blog on there. We have some resources. It's pretty cool. Pauseyourlife.org. So this episode, we're going to continue with our unofficial summer of Vivekananda. You know, this is some really educational material that... uh, and that's that's totally not doing it justice, just calling it educational. Um, but Swami Vivekananda published a book in July of 1896 called Raja Yoga. And we've been reading the chapters, and it's been really eye-opening. It's been really chakra-opening. And, you know, Swami Vivekananda, if you don't know much about him, he, well, he's from India, 
Um, but he visited the United States when he was alive and, and made a great speech in Chicago. And it's, it's kind of fascinating history. Um, but his work is even more fascinating and also more helpful. So that's why we're reading from this book. So I hope you're enjoying it. We're going to start, well, we're going to read in its entirety, chapter five today, which is called The Control of Psychic Prana. And if you remember last episode, we read chapter four, which was all about psychic prana. So, and the great thing is everything he's talking about is inside of you. Obviously, that's one thing that I love most about spirituality is it's just you. It's not, you know, some religion or organization telling you something. It's you. (laughs) And you search yourself and you learn about your being and you develop your own conscious awareness and with the ability to become super conscious and all these things. And it's a fascinating journey. I'm sure that's why you're listening to this show. That's why I started this show, you know, and I'm just hoping that listening to it, that you appreciate it. And, you know, I I really think talking about these topics is, is the utmost importance. And so if you, you know, if you can recommend this show to, to anyone, you know, please do, you know, introduce them to the mystic show. Tell them you're, Good friend Chris <laughs> wants to talk to them <laughs> or or wants them to to hear from Vivekananda, for instance, right? So let's get started. Again, this is chapter five, The Control of Psychic Prana from the book called Raja Yoga by Swami Vivekananda. We have now to deal with the exercises of pranayama. We have seen that the first step will be, according to the yogis, to control the motion of the lungs. What we want to do is to feel the finer motions that are going on in the body. Our minds have become externalized and have lost sight of the fine motions inside. If we can begin to feel them, we can begin to control them. These nerve currents are going on all over the body, bringing life and vitality to every muscle, but we do not feel them. The yogi says we can learn to do so. How? By taking up and controlling all these motions of the prana, beginning with the motion of the lungs. And when we have done that for a sufficient length of time, we shall also be able to control the finer motions. We now come to the exercises in pranayama. Sit upright. The body must be kept straight. The spinal cord, although it is inside the vertebral column, is not attached to it. If you sit crookedly, you disturb this spinal cord, so let it be free. Any time that you sit crookedly and try to meditate, you are doing yourself an injury. The three parts of the body must be always held straight, the chest, the neck, and the head, in one line. You will find that by a little practice, this will come to you just as breathing. 
The second thing is to get control of the nerves. We have seen that the nerve center that controls the respiratory organs has a sort of controlling effect on the other nerves, and rhythmical breathing is therefore necessary. The breathing that we generally use should not be called breathing at all. It is very irregular. Then there are some natural differences of breathing between men and women. The first lesson is just to breathe in a measured way, in and out. That will harmonize the system. When you have practiced this for some time, you will do well to join the repetition of some word to it, as om, or any other sacred word, and let the word flow in and out with the breath, rhythmically, harmoniously, and you will find the whole body is becoming rhythmical. Then you will learn what rest is. Sleep is not rest, comparatively. Once this rest has come, the most tired nerves will be calmed down, and you will find that you have never before really rested. In India, we use certain symbolic words instead of counting one, two, three, four. That is why I advise you to join the mental repetition of the Om, or other sacred word, to the pranayama. The first effect of this practice will be that the face will change. Harsh lines will disappear. With this calm thought, calmness will come over the face. Next, beautiful voice will come. I never saw a yogi with a croaking voice. These signs will come after a few months' practice. After practicing this first breathing for a few days, you take up a higher one. Slowly fill the lungs with breath through the ida, the left nostril, and at the same time concentrate the mind on the nerve current. You are, as it were, sending the nerve current down the spinal column and striking violently on that last plexus, the basic lotus, which is triangular in form, the seat of the kundalini. Then hold the current there for some time. Imagine that you are slowly drawing that nerve current with the breath through the other side, then slowly throw it out through the right nostril. This you will find a little difficult to practice. The easiest way is to stop the right nostril with the thumb and then slowly draw in the breath through the left. Then close both nostrils with the thumb and forefinger and imagine that you are sending that current down and striking the base of the susumna. Then take the thumb off and let the breath out through the right nostril. Next, inhale slowly through that nostril keeping the other closed by the forefinger. Then close both as before. The way the Hindus practice this would be very difficult for this country because they do it from their childhood and their lungs are prepared for it. Here it is well to begin with four seconds and slowly increase. Draw in four seconds, hold in 16 seconds, 
then throw out in eight seconds. This makes one pranayama. At the same time, think of the triangle. Concentrate the mind on that center. The imagination can help you a great deal. The next breathing is slowly drawing the breath in and then immediately throwing it out slowly and then stopping the breath out using the same numbers. The only difference is that in the first case, the breath was held in and in the second, held out. The last is the easier one. The breathing in which you hold the breath in the lungs must not be practiced too much. Do it only four times in the morning and four times in the evening. Then you can slowly increase the time and number. You will find that you have the power to do so and that you take pleasure in it. So, very carefully and cautiously increase as you feel that you have the power to six instead of four. It may injure you if you practice it irregularly. Of the three processes, the purification of the nerves, the retaining the breath inside and keeping the breath outside, the first and the last are neither difficult nor dangerous. The more you practice the first one, the calmer you will be. Just think of Om, and you can practice even while you are sitting at your work. You will be all the better for it. One day, if you practice hard, the Kundalini will be aroused. For those who practice once or twice a day, just a little calmness of the body and mind will come. And beautiful voice. Only for those who can go on further with it will this Kundalini be aroused. And the whole of this nature will begin to change. And the book of knowledge will be open. No more will you need to go to books for knowledge. Your own mind will have become your book, containing infinite knowledge. I have already spoken of the Ida and Pingala currents flowing through either side of the spinal column, also of the Susumna, the passage through the center of the spinal cord. These three are present in every animal. Whatever has a spinal column has these three lines of action. But the yogis claim that in ordinary mankind, the susumna is closed. That action there is not evident, while in the other two it is evident, carrying power to different parts of the body. The yogi alone has the susumna open. When this susumna current opens and thought begins to rise through it, we get beyond the senses. Our minds become super sensuous, super conscious. We get beyond even the intellect and where reasoning cannot reach. To open that susumna is the prime object of the yogi. According to him, Along this susumna are ranged these centers of distribution, or, in more figurative language, these lotuses, as they are called. The lowest one is at the lowest end of the spinal cord and is called 
Muladhara. The next one is called Svadhisthana. The next, Manipura. The next, Anahata. The next, Visuddha. The next, Ajna. And the last, which is in the brain, is the Sahasrara, or the thousand-petaled. Of these, we have to take cognition just now of only two centers, the lowest, the Muladhara, and the highest, the Sahasrara. The lowest one is where all energy becomes stored up, and that energy has to be taken up from there and brought to the last one, the brain. The yogis claim that of all the energies that the human body comprises, the highest is what they call ohas. Now this ohas is stored up in the brain, and the more the ohas is in a man's head, the more powerful he is, the more intellectual, the more spiritually strong will that man be. This is the action of the ohas. One man may speak beautiful language and beautiful thoughts, but they do not impress people. Another man speaks neither beautiful language nor beautiful thoughts, yet his words charm. That is the power of ohas coming out. Every movement coming from him will be powerful. Now in all mankind there is more or less of this ohas stored up. And all the forces that are working in the body in their highest form become ohas. You must remember that it is only a question of transformation. The same force which is working outside, as electricity or magnetism, will become changed into inner, for inner force. The same forces that are working as muscular energy will be changed into ohas. The yogis say that the part of the human energy which is expressed as sex energy in sexual functions, sexual thought, and so on, when checked and controlled, easily becomes changed into ohas. And as this lowest center is the one which guides all these functions, therefore the yogi pays particular attention to that center. He tries to take up all this sexual energy and convert it into ohas. It is only the chaste man or woman who can make the ohas rise and become stored in the brain. And that is why chastity has always been considered the highest virtue. Because man feels that if he is unchaste, spirituality goes away. He loses mental vigor and strong moral stamina. That is why in all of the religious orders in the world that have produced spiritual giants, you will always find this intense chastity insisted upon. That is why in all of the religious orders in the world that have produced spiritual giants, you will always find this intense chastity insisted upon. That is why the monks came into existence, giving up marriage. There must be perfect chastity in thought, word, and deed. Without it, the practice of Raja Yoga is dangerous and may lead to insanity. If people practice Raja Yoga 
and at the same time lead an impure life, how can they expect to become yogis? What a nice chapter that was. Right? There's probably a lot of things in there that that you learn or are or, or starting to make you think and ponder. And maybe throughout your weekend or your week, you can think about these things. Maybe journal about them or maybe talk to some other people about these concepts. Maybe comment on the show post if you have a question or a comment. So... Thanks for joining me on The Mystic Show. Again, on our website, you can find all our previous episodes, themysticshow.net. You know, dedicating time to listen to shows like this is really valuable for you. I just wanted to mention that and say that out loud. I mean, you might know it subconsciously, but really, you know, nourishing your brain and your heart with these wonderful messages is so important and you're doing that so so as you move through your weekend and week as always until next time keep shining <laughs>